Thank you. Good to see you tonight, church. Appreciate you coming along to Wednesday night and appreciate the prayers that um, for, uh, for us as we traveled again to Sydney and got back Monday night a little weary, but glad to be home. And it's good to see you tonight. John chapter 4 this evening. John chapter 4 and just uh, was having a conversation with, uh, with, with Jade and he, he said, Dad, I want to I wanna get saved. I got excited, of course, and, and I said, hey, what, why do you want to get saved? And he said, so I can have the juice and the bread, because uh, we had the, the Lord's Supper, and I said, well, son, maybe we'll wait, all right? So, but, uh, you know, those kind of things, the, the, the things that we do that is visible to others, uh, that, that often is, a, is a, just a good good starting point to have a conversation about the gospel and I think it's, it's, it is important for our children to see us demonstrate our, pay, uh, our faith publicly and I uh, was thinking about that in regard to the, this Samaritan woman in, in John chapter 4 and let's begin reading here in verses, uh, verse 27 and uh, we'll read down to the rest of the chapter in a little bit but um, verse 27 and upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. And so Jesus, as we know, he said he must needs go through Samaria. He goes to that well and finds that woman who was drawing water there and speaks to her. And, you know, we're, we already understand, I think, tonight, the, just the, the conflict that is to the Jewish mind that, that here this Jewish man already was going through Samaria, a, a place that often uh, Jew, Jews who uh, w- would travel around, and then here speaking as well to this woman, this was a somewhat uh, bit of a cultural, um, cultural misnomer, something you don't always see. And so they wonder and they marvel that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? They just marveled. They, they kept their thoughts to themselves. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, notice her, her, her soul-winning technique here, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him, and skip down to verse 39, and notice the result, and many of the Samaritans of that City believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days, and many more believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So we understand that Jesus does the saving but it was this woman's testimony that introduced them to begin with and you know I think in our day and age where many people I think are looking for some sort of answer I think we ought to again just be reminded tonight that the answer is the gospel it's Jesus himself and I want to I want to just talk to you a little bit about that tonight and um, you know this this past weekend we 
were able to go and uh, be part of the, the funeral for my, my wife's great aunt, who she was very close to, and I know that previously had asked the church to pray for, for her, and we weren't sure about her, her salvation and anything like that. But last, last couple of weeks since we heard of her passing, we understood that she had actually made a, a profession of faith. And we praise the Lord for that, and we had the, the, the privilege even of seeing that uh, in a sense, firsthand, the, uh, Azzy's auntie, who was the one that, that witnessed to her great aunt right, right there, was about actually two years ago, had the, just the, the initiative to take a, a quick video of the time she was calling out for the Lord. So we got to see that firsthand. It brought tears of joy to, to us. But I had the privilege this Saturday to, to uh, conduct the funeral and I was able to preach a, a, a message, and what was uh, amazing was this lady who, for the majority of her life, wasn't saved, who for the last two years until her death um, actually was a Christian. But for the first time, it seemed, a lot of her relatives and her friends found out during her funeral when I gave the testimony of her salvation, and then proceeded to go through the gospel during the time. And it was an amazing thing because afterwards there were there was generally two responses from from those who attended the funeral, sat down and we were, we had some uh, some time after the funeral and the first response was from those who were lost. They said, "Wow, when did that happen and how did that happen? What is this that she started believing in?" And several people I was able to go through the gospel with that afternoon. Then the second response was to those Christians who, those friends of her who were actually Christians who were afraid to approach her because for all of her life um, she, was a, she was an atheist who just really was in that, that uh, in academia, was in science, and so she had, she had a sharp mind towards those things and often uh, would, could argue her way out of anything. And so they were afraid to actually speak to her about the fact that they were Christians and about her need for a Savior. And they came up to me, and, and they're, they're, one, they're surprised that she actually called out to the Lord to save her. But then, secondly, that they were a little bit ashamed that they hadn't even tried all those years that they had known her. And they expressed their desire, man, I should tell others, and we heard back from her relatives in Canada, and, and they, they wrote back and said, thank you for that, you know, thank you for that, uh, that service, thank you for that message, and, and they said, look, we've got friends now who watch the funeral on live stream, and they're like you, they're, they're Christians, and now they're telling us to get saved too. And what it was, it was a stirring over a faith that was made public. There was a stirring in people's hearts because this person who they thought would never get saved, would never become a Christian, did, and there was a point where it was publicly declared. And, and I want to tell you that there's, a, there's still a need for us as believers in our day, and there's still a great harvest to be reaped if we would just be public with our faith. If we would just have the mindset, and I'm glad that as we read this story here, that as we think about the Lord Jesus... He went to those that no one else wanted to go to. 
He went to those who were Samaritans, those who were, as we know, as we read through the story here, that she was a bit of a controversial, controversial woman. She, she was known in the city for certain uh, immoral things. We already know that Jesus challenged her about who her husband was. So we understand that this was someone that probably generally society would have just overlooked. But aren't you glad that Jesus goes to anyone? Aren't you glad tonight? Because that's you and I, really. It doesn't really matter. The, the fact is we're all sinners that needed saving. And, and yet, for those of us who are saved tonight, I hope that we would have a sense that it, it shouldn't be something that we just keep a lid on, but we would have a, a courage and a boldness to go ahead and just tell others about who we are as believers and who it is that saved us, the Lord Jesus. The Bible still says that we, uh, about Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But it's the power of God and we ought not to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And, and we ought to be public in our faith. And I'm not saying, you know, being belligerent and argumentative. I'm just saying that we ought to have a boldness about who it is that saved us and, and what it is that happened to us. And I want to tell you about that, uh, about this woman, about three characteristics of, of her public faith. And the first one I want to bring up is, is she was transparent. You know, at the end of the day, she said it this way, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. She, she didn't shirk away from her original condition. She, she didn't go ahead. And, and, you know, sometimes Christians, once they've been saved a little while, I think sometimes forget about where we came from and where, what God saved us from. And sometimes we can approach those sinners a little bit with a mindset that, well, they're sinners and I'm not. And listen, we're all sinners. The only difference is we've been saved by grace, right? And there was a point in our lives where we trusted Christ for forgiveness of our sins and, and we've been changed as a result of that. But she was transparent about who she was. And the most common thing you have with another person is that you're both sinners in need of a savior. And, and the woman was already quite well known in the town for her, her loose morals. Uh, upon accepting Christ as her savior, she didn't come across as someone who's better than the rest. She just simply said, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. You know, Paul himself in his writing, he said he was the chiefest of sinners. And she decided for all to hear that she had a history of sin that was undeniable. And I'm not saying that, she, that we go ahead and we glory in sin. I'm saying that sometimes the way to relate to others and the way that we're public and bold in our faith is to simply say, look, I'm a beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. I'm just a sinner like you. It's just that Jesus saved me. And Jesus can save you too. You know, Paul had to remind the church in Corinth about that. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter 6 and look at verse 9. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit 
the kingdom of God. It's one of those lists that God gives, right? And if you look at all of those, and we would all agree those are all sin. And some of those we would even term as heinous sin. But then he reminds him in verse 11, and such were some of you. Hey, don't forget, saved person, that if you're going to be effective in, in your public witness, in your public faith, that one of the thing, characteristics that we ought to have is just, we're just transparent about who we are. You know, she was transparent really in two ways about her sinfulness, but also about her Savior. He said, she said, come see a man. Come see Jesus. She, she pointed to the fact, not of her, just of her changed life, not just of her sinful condition, but the solution to that condition, and that was Jesus himself. And, and we see the, the transparency that she had uh, in, in regard to her public faith. But not only that, but it was simple. You know, sometimes we can overcomplicate things about the Christian life. You know what this was? It was just a simple testimony, wasn't it? She didn't go through different arguments, the cosmological argument. She didn't go through all of these, um, and and you can, and I'm not saying you can't learn that, all of those things that can equip us further, perhaps, but you know what she, she did in her public faith? Not only was she transparent, she was just simple in it. She just spoke what happened to her. Hey, some of you, you're wondering, how, how, do I, how do I witness to someone? How do I talk to someone about Jesus? Hey, tell them what happened to you. That's, that's where you should start. Give them something real. Don't, don't just spew out a formula. Give, give a bit of your testimony about what Jesus did for you. See, having a public faith doesn't need to be fanfare. It, doesn't, it, it just requires that you give a simple account of what happened to you. And the, the Samaritan woman gave a simple witness by telling her story. She said, come see a man who told me. It, it, was, it was simple in that she just told them who to go to. She didn't just point to the church. There was no church, really. She didn't point to other things. She just pointed to Jesus. And, and you know... Um, she was in, in this whole discussion with the Lord. She was trying to point to different things. She tried to point to religion. She tried to point to her ethnicity. She tried to point different ways. But you know what? All of that was a distraction. Jesus just simply wanted to point to himself. And if we're going to be effective in our public witness and, and trying to win others for the Lord, let's just keep it simple. Why don't you tell them about what happened to you and who it is that saved you. Tell them about Jesus. But I'll tell you that lastly, not only was it transparent and simple, it was just courageous. Because they knew what she was. At the end of the day, they, they understood. And yet what we see in verse 39, many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. You know, it takes courage to say, look, I'm different now. Look, I, I used to be that, but now I'm this. And it takes courage to, to then say, look, I, I was an unbeliever, but I am now a believer. And her public 
faith made her someone, actually, when you think about it, to judge more and further scrutinize. And I think that's why sometimes we don't want to risk it. Now, I wonder, even this week, if you, in your workplaces, I wonder if you've even declared Christ. I wonder how quickly we put away our Bible in our lunchrooms or, or wherever we're having lunch or how quickly we, we pray through because someone else is watching because none of us like scrutiny, right? And I'm not saying we're just doing it for show. I mean genuine, real. But sometimes we don't do those things for the, for the scrutiny that it will involve. Why do you do that? What do you mean you come to church on Sundays? What do you mean you're not available on Sunday? You know what that is? It's just be transparent. <laughs> be simple. But you know, it's just going to take a little bit of courage. And the, the only equipping you need is just the reality of Jesus in your life. And it just simply, it, it takes courage to have a public faith. You know why? It, just like it was in her day and it is in our day, it's different. You're, you're going to stand out as a Christian, but, but it's worth it because you never know what an impact one person's testimony publicly declared will make. And I was just reminded of that this, this past weekend. You know, it, was, it amazed me. It was for, for about two, three hours. I spoke to a lot of people who were surprised, but at the end, many who were challenged about their eternity. And I just trust that the Lord will work um, in that. And I just trust that if we would just go ahead and just be a little bit more public about who we are as, as believers, that God can do something in another's life too. And it could be a city. It could just be a neighborhood, but it could just be a household. But whatever, whoever and, and however God reaches, then it'll be worth it all and we'll rejoice together one day in heaven. All right, let's pray. Thank you again, Father. I pray that you'd help us tonight. Lord, um, this past month even, I think about all the names we've been praying through and think about different opportunities that we have. But Lord, help us, dear God, as we think about reaching the, those who are without you, that, Lord, we would just have a, a courage. We would have a simplicity about it. We would have a, a transparency about, Lord, what you've done in our lives and that, Father, we could be used of you to reach others and lord we know you do the saving but help us to make the introduction we pray in jesus most precious holy wonderful name